At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt now. It is a numbers game right here at Visa Esports Betting Network Series XM. No, not that anymore. Just got distracted by something on the screen. We had a shooting here. Oh, let's let's, well, let's follow that. That just popped up on the screen. Uh, it's Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo Sling, Game Plus, and of course iHeartRadio. Where's here? Uh, on the strip somewhere. Oh, just distracted, like a like a dog just being distracted by things that are popping up on the screen. <laughs> Good Monday And then morning, you just everybody. go into <laughs> you just go into auto. Uh, it is Gil Alexander. Uh, division round. Oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Um, maybe not quite as much in terms of coaching gaffes. That was the case last week after Wild Card Weekend. Uh, but certainly much to talk about. Rules to discuss. Coaching changes. Uh, and of course, it's the uh, it's the Packers and the uh, Buccaneers and the NFC, the Bay of Pigs, as Chris Berman used to say it. Uh, and then in the uh, in the AFC, it's uh, it's it's Kansas City and Buffalo. Maybe the four teams we thought, although the Buccaneers may be replaced by the Saints, maybe. So maybe not the four teams we thought. First thing I want to say is shout out to Aaron Schatz because people went a little after Football Outsiders rankings all year, saying, "Hey, they kind of had the Bucks overrated all year." Well, maybe not. So let's give Aaron Schatz a shout. The Bucks have markedly improved over the last few yeah. weeks, too. Yep. Let's give him a shout at the top. Uh, this is typically on Monday we do guessing lines. We still brand it as guessing lines. Uh, but we will talk about everything that happened this past weekend. And we will talk about uh, the two championship games moving forward with, of course, my Mishpucha, the star of the show. He runs the South Point Sportsbook here. It's Chrissy Andrews. Good morning to you, Chrissy. How you doing? Oh, we're doing pretty good. We survived the weekend okay. So, yeah, we're doing from, Someone just fine. From a book's perspective, let's get that out of the way. And let's, so let's get your intro first. This is Guessing Lines with Chrissy Andrews, a numbers game. There it is. There's the animation. Um, how did you do from a book's perspective? Saturday was a great day. Everything fell perfectly for us. Uh, yesterday, you know, we had a lot of stuff running. Um, you know, we, uh, they, they pounded us on the Browns pretty good uh, just before post. We wound up closing game eight. Um, 
so that game wasn't terrible. It wasn't good. It certainly, you know, wasn't terrible. The second game had some potential to be terrible because a lot of it uh, was running through New Orleans. Um, you know, I didn't want to mess around with a two and a half three. So once they took the three off me, I went to two and a half, kept it there. I got rid of a lot of it on the money line. But uh, still, we needed Tampa Bay pretty good, and we needed under really good. And, uh, you know, we snuck through with that. So uh, so it, it saved us. But it, Sunday was no more than a break even. Just, you know, a, a very, very slight winner. Then the basketball kind of got us yesterday. But football-wise, uh, just a break even yesterday. Yeah. And I was solid on both early games. Not so solid on both late games. Uh, we'll get into it. Uh, let's just do it. Let's do it in chronological order as we normally do in terms of what's coming up for championship uh, weekend. And we'll go back and review everything uh, from yesterday in the process. So what's the first of the two championship games on Sunday? The Tampa at Green Bay. Tampa Bay at Green Bay. The Bay of Pigs. Um, all right. Buccaneers do it. That's the game uh, most recent or most uh, clear in our minds since it was the last one yesterday. The Buccaneers beat... The uh, Saints 30 to 20. Really, the entire story of this game is the turnovers, right? There's not really yeah. much else to say. Four Saints turnovers, none for the Bucks. Uh, and if you go through them, two of those, uh, you know, two of the Bucks touchdowns uh, directly off, well, really 21 points directly off the turnovers. The first of which, the Saints led six to three. Breeze trying to flee pressure. He underthrows Michael Thomas. Intercepted by Sean Murphy, bunting uh, 36 yards along the sideline to the Saints three, and then Brady hits Evans uh, play later to uh, put the Bucks up 10 to six. Then, uh, you know, Breeze and the and the Saints go up on a Traquan Smith catch. They go up 20 to 13. New Orleans appeared primed, you know, to build on the lead. They had the ball back up seven. Breeze finds Jared Cook. This one was not a Breeze pick, but this is a Jared Cook fumble across the 50. Buck safety Antoine Winfield strips him from behind. White snags the loose ball. Devin White does. Uh, returns at 18 yards to the New Orleans. 45 plays later, it's Brady to Fournette over the middle for a six-yard score. That tied it up. Then Devin White snags uh, the second of Bree's three interceptions. Uh, was a pass intended for Alvin Kamara. Gave the Bucks uh, the ball at the New Orleans 20, setting up Tampa Bay's final touchdown. And then the last one, Brady drove. Uh, oh, by the way, Brady drove to the Bucks one on that one uh, from where he scored himself with one uh, with four fifty seven left to virtually ensure his fourteenth trip. It's Gil Alexander and uh, Chris Andrews. This is guessing lines on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Uh, that virtually ensured Tom Brady's fourteenth trip to a conference championship game on that last uh, uh, capitalizing off the last pick, uh, his first in the NFC. Um, and then, uh, or that was the, uh, yeah, and then Brady, by the way, if he wins this game, he'll try to advance to his 10th Super Bowl. Good Lord. 14th conference championship. If he wins that, his 10th Super Bowl. What are we talking about here? That's it's amazing. Uh, historic. Good Lord. Uh, by the way, after his third interception on a tip pass late in the fourth quarter, the Bucks were able to close out the game. So it was, you know, it was the two picks. His first two picks led directly to touchdowns. The Jared Cook fumble led to a third. And then the last pick sealed the deal. Brady ends up, Brady came into the game, 1,518 passing yards in his last four games, 12 touchdowns, one pick. And in this one, he was 18 of 33 for 199, two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked once. He was not intercepted, largely avoided pressure. Took only one sack, as I said. Plus four in turnovers is really all you need to know. And, um, you know, look, then there's uh, – the, we can go into the New Orleans side momentarily, but with Green Bay, 
They beat the Rams 32-18 to Saturday morning. They played without Cooper Cup, and as soon as that information came out that Cooper Cup wasn't playing, that went from 6.5 to 7. Did you do the same here, Chrissy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same. And I said it all week, you know, that I, I didn't believe what the coaches were telling us. The cup will be fine. Donald was fine. Uh, Donald was fine. Uh, I didn't believe it. And it, it came, came to fruition. Cup missed the game, and Donald was on a pitch count. And uh, that was a you know, huge, huge key to that ball game. Huge key to the game. Uh, and, you know, Rodgers uh, was playing in a, in a conference championship game yesterday at home for the first time. Uh, first time since taking over as Green Bay starting quarterback 2008. He reached the championship game for the fourth time in seven seasons, trying to get to their first Super Bowl in a decade. Uh, uh, yeah, first Super Bowl berth in a decade. It'll be their first NFC title contest, as it turns out, uh, at Lambeau since the 2007 season. Rodgers was a backup to Favre there. They lost that game. That was the Tom Coughlin, uh, my face is falling off game, where the Giants beat him <laughs> by a field goal, if you recall. Um, there were only, how many fans were there? There was, there was only 8,456 fans. Rodgers said it felt like there were 50,000. Aaron Jones said it felt like 80,000. Alan Lazard said it felt like 90,000, honestly. Didn't allow any sacks. The Packers didn't, despite being without all-pro left tackle David Bakhtiari. They scored on their first five drives of the games. The uh, Packers did three touchdowns, two field goals. It was their 13th game this season with 30-plus points, most in the NFL, 11th game this season without a turnover. Rodgers, 23 of 36 for 296, two touchdowns, no picks, not sacked. And they just filled up the stat sheet, right? Jones, 14 of 99 for a touchdown. Lazard, 4 of 96 touchdown. Adams, 9 of 66, falling just below his prop uh, in a touchdown. 8 of 12 on third down. 484 total yards, 188 rushing. And we could talk about the Rams because they were depleted. And Aaron Donald was just not, not himself, was not healthy, clearly. In the end, I thought this was going to be Green Bay. You're talking about Green Bay, Tampa Bay now. After those outcomes, I thought Green Bay would be a three and a half point favorite, and that's not what it ended up being, is it? Well, we opened four, which I really thought was a good number, uh, but they took it off. It's worth three and a half now uh, with action. You know, with uh, you know, plenty of money uh, came in last night on Tampa, so we're we're. At three and a half legitimately uh, because of action. Oh, part, pardon me. I got that wrong. So I was wrong on both of these. And let me just say for those who are like, hey, you're not really guessing. No, no. I, I thought about what the lines would be yesterday and obviously found out what the lines are yesterday. This is the one I thought Green Bay would be three-point favorites. Pardon me. I was low on this. Mm-hmm. I said Green Bay minus three here. It's the, the second game where I thought it would be three and a half. Um, but we'll get into that because I didn't think there should be a line at all in the second game, and I know you have thoughts on that. But I thought Green Bay minus three here, so I'm I'm low on this. You're at three and a half now? Yeah, we are. Uh, but like I said, I thought four was a good opening number. Um, you know, I have my reasons. I guess, uh, you know, the market evidently disagreed with me, but uh, I think right now, you know, you know, I, I mean, right now, I think that there is a little bit of a home field advantage, particularly for a Florida team going up to Green Bay in January. Um, you know, I think Rodgers playing probably the best football is, of his career, which is, you know, startling to say at his age, but I think coaching has an awful lot to do with it. Um, you know, I, not to knock Brady, but I don't, I don't think right now he's as good as Rodgers. And, uh, you know, I think the coaching – you know, I like Bruce Arians, but uh, I like uh, Matt Lafleur a lot better. So I think there's a there's a couple of edges for Green Bay, and 
I think it deserved to be more than a three. I thought I thought four was a good opening number, and that's what I opened it. Going back to Tampa Bay and New Orleans yesterday, uh, New Orleans was without Taysom Hill. They were without Latavius Murray. Then Deontay Harris, who had two great, great punt returns early, right? Returned the first yeah. one, 54 yards, set up a field goal. Then the second one called back because of a uh, block in the back. But he leaves with a neck injury in the first half as well. Uh, Jameis Winston with the only big play for the Saints early in this game to Traquan Smith for 56 yards and a touchdown. Exact same play the Bears ran against the Saints the previous week. The Saints pulled it uh, against the Bucks, And it was just, you really did wonder, were the Saints better off? Like, as this game went on, you were like, maybe let's just see what Jameis can do here. Because Drew Brees, and we've said this about him all year long, and, and actually we said this about him last year, he can't throw the ball downfield. And for much of that, we then quickly said, oh, we're acting like Drew Brees is that terrible. Oh, okay, yes, he can't throw the ball downfield. He's still awesome. I don't know. Was he awesome yesterday? I don't know. 19 of 34 for 134, touchdown, three picks, no sacks. All the reports are is that he is going to retire. He has not confirmed this quite yet as I'm, as I'm uh, you know, looking across. He has not confirmed it himself, but that is, it appears the writing is on the wall for that. That seems to be the right move. Would you not say so? Yeah, and all week, you know, I was on a couple of different shows. I, I probably said it on your show last week. But I, I, I'm not the biggest Breeze guy, uh, even at his best. And I don't think right now he's not at his best. He doesn't have zip on the fastball. Uh, he can't really throw the ball long. Um, you know, I think his team kind of carried him. And I saw somebody else made the comment that uh, – you know, Drew Brees reminds me of 2015 Peyton Manning, which I thought was a pretty apt comparison. Um, if you remember that that uh, that team won a Super Bowl, but it was strictly defense, and Peyton was really nothing more than uh, you know a game manager in that. Uh, but uh, you know, they didn't quite have the talent to pull it off. But the, you know, the turnovers were the key of the game. Three of them were interceptions, and I know you could always kind of make some excuses, which you can for Brees and a lot of tip balls and that sort of thing. But they still happen. And, uh, you know, I, I think certainly the writing's on the wall. If he comes back, I think it would be a big mistake for him. And, you know, he has a great legacy. He does. And just because I'm not the biggest Breeze guy doesn't mean that much. Uh, he's still going to go into the Hall of Fame first day that he's eligible. So, uh, you know, I, I think it would certainly be uh, a tarnishing his image if he were to come back right now. Yeah. No shame. You're right. No shame. In 42 years old, just turned 42. Uh, Hall of Famer immediately when he's eligible, as you said. Um, I had this Green Bay minus three. It's a, it's a tick above that. In many ways, you know, look, as we crescendo, because we all want to talk about the Kansas City-Cleveland game, because that's that's got the most meat on the bone. But the, the Tampa Bay-New Orleans game simply came down to the turnovers, period. It's that simple. The, the Packers-Rams game, to me, simply just came down to the fact that Aaron Donald was not full strength. One tackle, no sacks, no quarterback hits. One week after a rib injury knocked him out of the, the win over Seattle last week, which they won 30 to 20. But he clearly wasn't himself. Uh, had just one assist, as a matter of fact. The Rams' defense, zero sacks, zero takeaways. As I mentioned, 484 total yards allowed. Goff was 21 of 27 for 174, one touchdown, no picks. He was sacked four times. He ends up two and three now straight up in the playoffs. Jared Goff does, has never thrown multiple touchdowns in a playoff game. The Rams of these of these eight teams headed into the uh, uh, divisional round was the most flawed, I think, of the teams. 
Uh, and the Packers, to me, I, I have them winning the Super Bowl. I have them beating the Chiefs from before the playoffs started. And, and when we did brackets on primetime action, I think the Packers are the team to beat. And Aaron Rodgers just looks so effortless, smiling as the other team is trying to figure out how to combat him. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's the Packers' year. I think they had the weakest opponent of the bunch. They got it done. wasn't wasn't a blowout in the end, right? The Rams hung around, no, but in the end, I, I don't think they had it on defense with Aaron Donald being diminished. No, I mean, it just shows you you know key players do make a big difference, and you know they lost their best offensive player, the best defensive player, and I know we we knocked off a lot of people, knocked off quite a bit. Yeah, I thought he played a really good game. You know, I, I thought, you know, he, he did as much as he could to keep that team in the game. And I think he deserves some credit for it. Uh, but going to, you know, Rogers right now, I mean, Rogers, you know, he, he's a man. And, uh, you know, I, they talked about, you know, mid season, it looked like it was going to be between Rogers and Mahomes for MVP. But I, you know, Rogers has clearly passed him. I, I think he's playing just terrific ball and, uh, well, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl, and that includes winning and covering uh, this game against Tampa. Yeah, I, I I I lean here at Green Bay. I don't, you know, Bruce Arians, we have this tweet here. This is from Bill Barnwell. Um, again, it really did come down. It's just, look, if you had a box score, if you had access to the box score, all you would have to do in uh, NFL games is go to the turnover column, and you could pretty much figure mm-hmm. out how the game went. NBA, it's really three-point shooting percentage. But here's Bill Barnwell. Uh, the Bucks went for it on fourth and one. Uh, once during this game, they've you know subsequently went 60 yards down the field, fourth and one in their own territory. Subsequently went 60 yards down the field and scored. Uh, another time it was fourth and two, they kicked a field goal. Then on a fourth and one, the, you know they punt. So Bruce Arians, who again I'm worried he's trying to detonate himself the way he's he's strapped on like that. Uh, it's it just his his decision making or that team's decision making is all over the board. Brady yeah. Brady doesn't, you know, look, Brady can is great at taking what the defense gives him, does throw the ball downfield, unlike Drew Brees, give him that much. But what, Mike Evans had one, did he have one catch ultimately in this game and they still ended up winning? I mean, it was all turnovers. So I don't know how much you can uh, you can read into this. By the way, and when I asked Aaron Schatz, now I'm just flipping all over the place, but when I asked Aaron Schatz before the season started about his football preview, what was the most amazing stat? What was the most, what was the thing that even you were shocked by uh, when you did it before the season. And he said to me, he goes, you know, it's a, it's a good question that you ask. Um, by the way, Mike Evans, yes, with just that one catch for three yards uh, in the touchdown. And he said it was the fact that in the Saints' last three, off, three playoff losses headed into this season, Michael Thomas had exactly three total third down catches in the Saints' previous three playoff losses, which was just an unbelievable stat. And then yesterday, he has zero catches in the end. He was targeted four times. He ends up z- with zero catches. And it's just, it's incredible. It's, it's absolutely incredible. So what was already the most uh, amazing stat to him just goes on steroids yesterday without even a single catch, let alone not a catch on third down. And that's the Saints in the end. Do, do you, you know, Sean Payton has had these playoff disasters uh if we can use that word, but these playoff losses now more than once, you feel the same about him as you have all year? No. Um, you know, but I, I do think, you know, whatever, you know, however successful we see Breeze, I think Sean Payton had a lot to do with that success. But 
you know, I mean, football is just such a funny game. You know, it's, you know, it's not like basketball where like one turnover could mean so much. And we'll get to that with the Bills game, I guess, when we talk about yes. that one. But I mean, one turnover in basketball might mean, you know, you know, the most it's going to mean is six points. You make a three or the other team makes a three. Um, but here it's just going to be so dramatic. And it seems like he's had some bad luck in a couple situations. You know, the pass interference play, the, uh, the one where Diggs went all the way on a, you know, seemingly, you know, good play that would have put the Vikings into a field goal position. Um, and then, you know, he turns around, the guy missed the tackle, and he's all of a sudden at six points. Um, so he, he, I think he's been, He's gotten some bad luck. So, uh, but, but when you keep losing those games, you know, and I think he's made some questionable decisions with Taysom Hill. Um, and, you know, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, it's always easy from here to say what a coach, and I always hate the internet, Twitter. Every coach is an idiot. You know right. what I mean? I don't, I don't like to go there. You know, that's just what everybody does. But, uh, you know, not, you know, maybe a little bit, but not too much. I think he pulled a lot out of Breeze his whole career, including this year. He got as much as he could out of him. I just think that, that it just wasn't there for Drew this year. Yeah. Um, it, it, th- those, in many ways, those were the two of uh, those two games were the least interesting of the four uh, this past weekend. And those were, I mean, Green Bay, I had going away. And in the case of the Saints, they just couldn't get it there. They could not get it there, even in uh, in teasers. And again, it comes just down uh, comes down to the turnovers, and that's all she wrote. Uh, we'll talk about, of course, the AFC Championship here momentarily. Just want to talk about some coaching moves that have happened there as we go to the break. Uh, in the case of the Rams, Brandon Staley, their defensive coordinator, hired by the Los Angeles Chargers to be their head coach, uh, which is a curious move because curious in the sense that the reports we were getting were that the Chargers were going to hire uh, Tom Telesco and uh, Brian Dayball, the Bills offensive coordinator, went to high school together, played high school football together. Um, and Telesco tried to downplay that when people were drumming up that report, like, oh, this is their first choice. And in the end, they didn't wait for the Bills at all to, to finish their playoff run. They hired yeah. Brandon Staley immediately. But I would just say this. If you have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and before that, Vaughn Miller in Denver, do we know if you're a great coach or not? I mean, I'm not sure we know that. But they couldn't wait to hire him. So that's interesting. Well, I mean, have the Chargers, have the Chargers ever been accused of being a well-run organization? <laughs> no, you know, so no. I don't know. <laughs> No, I mean it's, it's interesting. We'll get to all the other coaches. There's some curious coaches, uh, coaching hires that are that are going around. That's not just the uh, first, and I don't even know if people think that that one's curious. Um, but again, what do we know? How 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 good is he? If you have all the best talent in the world, um, only time will tell. We'll come back. We're going to talk about the AFC Championship, of course, and more of these coaching moves. The Chiefs and the Browns, the worst rule in football. We'll debate that as well. And we'll talk uh... at Bed 365. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. 
This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Here's Adam Schefter's tweet about, uh, well, this was from a couple days ago. Brian Dayball went to uh, St. Francis High School in Buffalo with Chargers GM Tom Telesco. They played on the same high school football team with Dayball, two grades behind Telesco. Dayball was a safety, Telesco wide receiver in corner. Now they could be teammates again. Nope. They're going with Brandon Staley of the Rams, the Rams defensive coordinator. And then there's the, uh, then there's the Lions, in case you missed this this morning. The Lions are set to hire Saints assistant Dan Campbell as their next head coach, which kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, now that New Orleans has been eliminated, Schefter says, the Lions are expected to hire Saints assistant head coach, tight end coach Dan Campbell as their next head coach, per sources. The two sides still need to work out a deal, but it's not considered an obstacle, and Campbell will be the Lions' next head coach. The Lions screw it up again. Well, I don't know. We'll see, but it is a still no Joe Brady, you know, and Eric Bieniemy, who, again, I guess has an interview problem three, three years now, hasn't gotten a head coaching job. We'll get to uh, Bieniemy and Reed, obviously, coming up. And then there's the big other, you know, personnel move this weekend, which was the, uh, not personnel move, but personnel speculation about Deshaun Watson from Schefter. There's a growing sense from people in and around the Texans organization that Deshaun Watson has played his last snap for the team. It's early in the offseason. There's a lot of time left, but Watson's feelings cannot and should not be underestimated. Chrissy, what about that one? Well, I'm hoping I can see him in a Steeler uniform is what I'm hoping. <laughs> but uh, I don't think he's going to be around Houston. But I, listen, the kids, he played great. You know what it reminds me of? You're a baseball guy. I think you would appreciate this. Remember the year Steve Carlton had 28 wins for the Phillies and they won like 58 games or something like that? And, uh, you, know, the, the, you know, that's what I compare Watson to. He had a great, great season. And the uh, and Houston won four games, you know. So uh, I, I think those two are comparable. But I think Watson, he lands on the right team. Uh, he's he's going to be a guy that we're going to hear of for years. Yeah, I think you got it right too. I think it was twenty eight wins in, in in a fifty seven win season for uh, oh left, lefty. Yeah, we'll check to make sure that that's exactly what it was. Um, thing is, like, what would you? So the Dolphins makes the most sense because they would be able to give up Tua if they were interested in making that deal, and the Texans would want a quarterback back. So Tua and a third pick in the draft, because I was speculating about this with my Washington football fan friends yesterday, and in the end we were just like, we don't have enough to give them for that, right? Even if it was like Chase Young in Washington's first-round pick, that's not as good of a deal for Houston as it would be Tua and the third pick in the draft probably. And then the Jets might be the most well-positioned, but do you really want Sam Darnold back? Like, would you accept that deal? I don't know. Well, I think, 
I think the jury's out on Sam Donald. You know, I, I, I was not big on him coming out of college because I said he, he doesn't protect the ball well enough, whether it's through interceptions or fumbles. That's carried on into uh, his pro career. But I think that were he to get good coaching, I think the talent's there. I mean, can he put it all together? I mean, so far it looks like the answer is no. But there's you put him with the right coach and I don't know what the jets are going to do as far as like, you know, their whole staff and all that, but you know, get the right coach for the right quarterback. And, and you know, Donald, I think would be a situation where I'm not sure I'd be bailing on him quite yet. Um, you know, Adam gaze certainly did not get <laughs> right. the best out of this kid, you know? So I don't know. He has talent, but there's, there's still some deep flaws in his game that I think are correctable. Um, yeah, but it has to be correctable from the right guy. 1972 Philadelphia Phillies, lefty Steve Carlton, 27 wins in a different era when uh, starting pitchers went that far yeah. all the time to get wins. Yeah. 27 wins, the Phillies 59 and 67. So 27 <laughs> out of 59 uh, for Steve Carlton, whose personal catcher was Tim McCarver. Um, yeah, 1972 Philadelphia Phillies. Okay, uh, we'll come back. We'll do the AFC Championship, obviously, between the uh, the Chiefs and the Bills. My guess on that one was three and a half. If there was going to be a line, and assumed it was Patrick Mahomes, and I see that it turned out to be three, and I was the opposite on the other one. I had three uh, on the Packers. It ended up being higher than that. But uh, I want to ask Chrissy about why a line was posted for this at all between the Chiefs and the Bills without knowing if Patrick Mahomes is going to be available. All the speculation now is that he will be, but are we all doctors? We all get that now? Um, We'll talk about that. And, of course, the game itself. Coming back on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Just start right off the top. Because I got in debate with my with my buddy E about this right after uh, the Chiefs game, obviously knowing that Mahomes got concussed and knocked out of the game yesterday in the third quarter for the duration, for the balance of that game. And I openly said, I was like, why would anybody put up a line at this point not even knowing what his status is? He goes, oh, he's going to play. He's going to play, so that's why people are putting him up. And I'm like, okay, well, that's great that you think that, but what if he doesn't? I know we're all doctors all of a sudden, but what if he doesn't? How did you approach it? Well, I saw almost everybody put it up and there was, you know, our friends at the Circa, they opened Buffalo a two and a half point favorite. I guess their assumption was Mahomes would be out. I saw people with, you know, all over the place, but you know, I, I, went, I talked to Michael gone last night and he says, don't worry. If you he says, if you got to wait an extra day, just wait. I said, well, you know, so we, we waited a long time. And as I was looking, there was two, two places that didn't have it up me and bet Chris, you know, mm-hmm. they take huge money. So they weren't going to mess around with this. Cause now once everybody had it up and everybody had it at three, I went ahead and put it up. Uh, but I, you know, have uh, orders into my staff. Don't take anything major until we hear something about, uh, about Mahomes. Now the thing about guys saying, well, he's going to play, you know, it, there's like a very specific protocol. Yes. That, that he has to pass. It's not like, you know, your ankle hurts and you tell your coach, I'm good to go. You know, that and this doesn't work that way anymore with concussions. It maybe did 10, 20 years ago, but it doesn't do that anymore. So he has to pass it. Um, and we'll find out pretty quickly, I, you know, I think. You know, I, 
I also saw last night he was tweeting and you know, I, I heard reports that he's up, he's walking around, he seems to be okay. So he seems to be okay. That's one thing. You know, and like I said, once everybody had it up, I put it up. But I really think a lot of guys, they're rushing to put things up anymore in this era of social media. You want to get on TV. You want to get on Twitter. You were the first. You were the first. Yeah, they, they don't give away any prizes for being first. You, you, you know, we're here to make money. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, people were, you know, and like I said, I'm not going to tell anybody how to run their business. But I'm telling you how I'm running mine. And we just wanted to wait and see, get something a little more conclusive, uh, at, you know, with a player that's going to be that key to a game. And even, you know, you talked about Cooper Cup and, and Arnold being key to, to that game, you know, or Donald, I keep calling him Arnold, Donald being key to the Rams' success against the Packers. Well, here's a guy, you know, you know, he can influence the number an awful, awful lot. So I, I think it would have been prudent to wait. But once everybody settled in at three, I went ahead and put it up myself. So Buffalo wins on Saturday. They beat Baltimore uh, 17 to three. And as uh, simple as it was to look back on the Saints and the Bucks and just look at the turnovers, I mean, this was the one big turnover, and it killed Baltimore yeah. teasers uh, like uh, those that I had. Uh, it was just a, uh, a brutal outcome. But Buffalo, uh, with its first AFC championship game appearance in 27 years, first time since 1994, congratulations to the Bills fans. Uh, they've now won eight straight games. Taron Johnson's pick six of Lamar Jackson's pass mm -hmm. with 41 seconds remaining in the third quarter, helping to secure the 17 to three win uh, his return match, the longest in NFL history. Uh, the bills limited the uh, Ravens offense to 150 yards on 30. They're the rushing offense to 150 yards on 32 carries. Uh, but Lamar Jackson last season's NFL MVP sacked three times. Didn't return after sustaining a concussion following the final play of the third quarter, two plays after Johnson scored on that pick six, but it's 10 to three. The Ravens are going in at the least. You have a chip shot, Justin Tucker field goal to make it 10 to six. Instead, a pick six. By the way, I couldn't believe Taron Johnson uh, actually decided to, to try the run back. And uh, <laughs> Tredavious White deserves all the credit on that run back for getting in front of Lamar Jackson. That was really the key to that. Um, but that was the that's the key play of it all. And uh, Tyler Huntley tried a few times subsequent to that to get the ball in the end zone. Actually had a first and goal at the nine. And J.K. Dobbins dropped what looked like a sure touchdown uh, in that sequence. So Ravens teasers couldn't get home even with that. It just wasn't meant to be. And the Bills, though, in the end, outpossessed 35 minutes, uh, 33 seconds to 24-27, outgained 340 to 220, 150 to 32 rushing. Uh, that's it, though. It's that one play that really uh, w was everything. By the way, here's Nick Bakai, lifelong uh, Buffalo Bills fan, who yeah. joining us later this week on the Taron oh, yeah. Taron Johnson pick six. Here's his tweet: "I just soiled myself." There you go. <laughs> I love Nick. <laughs> he's the best. Uh, so he's he's very pumped. Um, but I mean, am I, am I? You know, I hate to simplify it to one play, but that was really that that determined everything in the end. What? Uh, we were just talking about it, you know, before, you know, one turnover, what's it mean in basketball? Like the most it means is six points out of 200 some, but here, this is just such a huge play. I mean, they're going in for the game tying touchdown and Buffalo at the time, their defense was kind of wobbly. No doubt about it. 
And, uh, you know, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that I, I thought that they were definitely going to get the touchdown themselves and tie the game up. And then this play just completely turned the game around. Uh, but still, I was impressed with Buffalo. You know, after that, you know, they did, you know, they, they only gave them three points, you know, to a pretty dynamic offense. And I know they had the turnover and all that. But they I thought they did control the game, you know, for the most part. You know, the uh, Ravens had a chance to score their first touchdown with seconds to play in the third quarter. So I think that was still a pretty good feat for the Buffalo defense. Uh, Josh Allen wasn't great, but he was pretty good. And, uh, you know, I think they controlled the ball. Well, it's another coaching marvel what they've done at Buffalo too. So, you know, this is one of those games where, you know, I mean, we haven't gone to Kansas city yet, but we'll talk about it. You know, anyway, I think Buffalo is a very, very live team right now. Very live. We are about to get to Kansas city and everything that happened there next. Uh, Josh Allen, 23 of 37 for two Oh six, one touchdown, no picks. Uh, He was sacked twice. The winds were, uh, were, were just absolutely swirling. The goalposts themselves were moving both kickers, Justin Tucker, unbelievably and Tyler Bass, both missed two field goals in this game. Tucker doinked both of his, uh, but I will say this, like the play that ultimately got Lamar Jackson hurt, the, the snap that went over his head, the Ravens center, Patrick McCary, was was hiking those balls like a howitzer. And you could almost predict that that was going to happen at some point. Kept doing it during the game. And that's how it ended up. Uh, you couldn't predict the injury, but you could predict a, uh, a horrible snap over his head. And that's what happened. We'll get to the Chiefs next, right here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Um, Reviewing everything that happened yesterday, uh, looking ahead to uh, championship weekend. Uh, Jason, you were saying about the wind. When we were talking about the weather all week, we were like, ah, yeah, you know, eight miles per hour, whatever. Or not, excuse me, not eight, but like 13, something like that. Nothing nothing in the danger range. And then Al Michael said what at the top? He, well, they had mentioned that the wind velocity was like eight miles an hour, 10 miles an hour, a number that was 
yeah. widely reported. And then they showed the actual uh, goalpost, the flags on uh. the goalpost, and Al Michaels said something to the effect of, if, if the wind's eight miles an hour, I'm an astronaut. Yeah. All right, the other thing about that game is, when Lamar Jackson got concussed, the Baltimore Ravens' Twitter handle said, he's in concussion protocol. It almost went 15 minutes before they mention anything on the actual national broadcast with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Uh, I tweeted about it, and nothing of this on the actual broadcast. Yeah, it took 15 minutes, um, which is, you know, slightly odd. Malpractice. What are we doing? Uh, but to the Chiefs, because we, uh, we don't have much time. But the Chiefs uh, end up – this was minus eight by game time. Chiefs were eight-point favorites, had been ten-point favorites all week. Uh, they were down to eight by game time, 17,000 fans allowed in the stadium. And it turns out that Chad Henney becomes the hero of the day and the Chiefs 22 to 17 win to advance to their third straight AFC championship game. They had a 19 to three lead and survived to become the first AFC team to host three consecutive conference title games. A few key plays. Let's start with the first 16 to three, Chrissy, late second quarter. Rashard Higgins trying to stretch over the goal line. Yeah. First half spread is six and a half. It's going to have been in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the Chiefs' Daniel Sorensen arrives to deliver the hit, pops the ball out. It goes into the end zone for a touchback. The call stood after a video review. Now, I had the Chiefs minus six and a half. So this was massive for me. But because I can hold two thoughts in my head at the same time, I also happen to uh, believe that it's the worst, worst role in football. I tweet it as such. We're going to put all sides here. Uh, I sarcastically said, is this where I tweet the dumbest rule in sports? Now, your opinion on it is valid as well. Let me just your tweet here before we get your uh, thoughts on this. Here's Christy's tweet from yesterday uh, about the same play. I know that's a terrible rule, but guys have to know that. First and goal from the one is not the worst thing in the world for an offense. Come on, man. Get a clue. Um, and then Todd Wishnev responding to Chrissy said, I like the rule because it makes offensive teams be more careful with reaching the ball out near the goal line in a sport where offense gets all the advantages. This is one small advantage defenses get. So I hope they don't change the rule, but I see the other side too. Chrissy, your thoughts. Well, I don't like it because I mean, I think it's a, an exciting play for a guy to try to reach over and score. I, I think that that's a good thing for the game, you know, the visuals and all that. Uh, but, you know, the fact of the matter is, like I said, there's a minute to play in the game. You, you have a lot of momentum going for you. First and goal from the one is a pretty good position to be in. There's no reason for you to reach over like that. There's no reason for you to reach over unless it's fourth and goal or the last play of the game or, you know, even maybe the last play of the half. And there's no reason to do it. But I see guys doing it all the time. And uh, will they ever learn? You know what, Gil? Probably not. Probably so not. So I, I think the change, uh, I, I, you know, I'm with you that the, the change, they got to change. It's just too egregious. Too, yes. It's too, too much. Even give the ball back to the offense at the 20. Correct. Something like that, you know. Some uh, severe penalty, yeah. right? Some severe penalty, yeah. loss Jeez. of down, get the ball back at a certain yard line. But there is no, and, and I don't disagree with anything you or Todd are saying. Again, we can all hold uh, separate thoughts in our heads at the same time. It's just that let's say they're let's say a team's matriculating the ball down the field, and let's say they're at their own you know a receiver catches the ball at their own thirty at his own thirty seven. Then he reaches, he lunges to get to the thirty nine, and the ball pops out and goes out of bounds. Okay, well no problem. He gets the ball back at the thirty seven. Let's say they're at the right. later in that drive. They're at their at the you know the plus forty three yard line, and the receiver catches the ball. And he tries to lunge it to get to the forty one. Oh, and it goes out of bounds. But they get the ball back at the forty three, right? And you keep doing this. Let's say it happens. I'm just trying to be extreme, right? 
But then when they get to the one-yard line, they try to do the same thing, and it goes out the back of the end zone. Oh, I'm sorry. Now you've done too much. Um, sorry, other team's <laughs> ball. Like, there's no football logic to it. There's nothing right. There's nothing that, that says that was what you just did right there is so egregious. We must penalize you with change of possession. It makes no sense whatsoever. And so it, you know, it is what it is. And for those of us who had the chiefs first half, that was just a phenomenal thing. But then of course, Mahomes gets tackled around the head with seven twenty-seven left in the third quarter. And the entire game changes at that point. He left uh, crumbled. He staggered when he tried to get up. He was already hobbled by a foot injury. He stumbled. As I said, we tried to get up. He was in the blue tent. Um, Andy Reid, after the game, he's doing great right now, which is real positive. As we look at this, he passed all the deals he needed to pass, and we'll see where it goes from here. I love when football coaches use, use the word deals. <laughs> so stupid. He's, you know, all the deals, all them deals. Um, okay, then the end of the game here, the Chiefs' D forces the Browns to punt in the waning minutes with 423 left in the game. I mean, I, I guess they force them to punt. They decided to punt. Then Chad Henney, uh, Mahomes' 35-year-old backup, I mean, this sequence at the end, I just have to, like, okay, let's just go through this. North of the two-minute warning, it's second down. It's 22 to 17. First of all, the, the, the Browns punting. We'll get into Stefanski because he did a whole bunch of bad things. And I love Stefanski, but that was not his best day yesterday. But second no. second down, north of the two-minute warning, and and the uh, – the, the uh, excuse me, the, uh, who did they play again? Oh, yeah. The, the uh, Browns had no timeouts left at this point because they had wasted some earlier, which we'll get to. But Reed drops Henny back to pass. Second down at eight at the KC 41. And he gets bailed out with a sack. Just run the football and take it down to the two-minute warning. But it, he wanted to pass the ball. Like, if that's an incomplete pass and stops the clock, it's a whole different discussion what happens at the end of this game. But he literally gets bailed out with the sack, so the clock keeps running down to the two-minute warning. That's the first Andy Reid bailout. Third down and 14 at the two-minute warning, Henny drops back to pass, and I'm like, what are you doing? Just run the ball. He gets flushed out of the pocket, and the Henny mad scramble for 13 yards to yeah. get it just shy of the of the down of the yard to go of the line to go, uh, to uh, get the first down, the line to gain. And I'm like, Andy Reid just got bailed out. Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, whoever we're blaming this on, just got bailed out of two straight plays that have no sense whatsoever. Now the fourth and one pass that goes to Tyreek Hill for five yards and seals the deal. Okay, we can debate that like, you know, reasonable minds can disagree. Here's my tweet about it. Andy Reid bailed out twice in a row by a sack that keeps clock rolling, then a ridiculous Henny scramble, then gambles on fourth and gets lauded for it. Bailed out twice, though. Lunatic hero. All of those things to me are true. All of those things are true. And and in the end, yes, uh, ballsy, as we like to say. And it worked out. By the way, though, on fourth down, I'm just saying, if that was incomplete, God help him. You know, I'm just saying. But the second and third down play, I, I cannot argue. I cannot debate that. Like, that is unbelievable to me. Am I wrong? No, but let me throw one more in there. Please. The play that Mahomes got hurt, he was already hurt. His foot was hurt. Yes. They said it was his toe. Yes. And why was he running with that ball? Now, let me tell you this, you know, just knowing from some athletes, you know, primarily the guy I'm going to go to is Jack Lambert, like, you know, arguably the toughest guy that's ever played football, had to retire because of a toe injury. 
a toe injury, it sounds almost comical to tell you about that for uh, for an <laughs> NFL true. player. Yeah. But you, your toe, I mean, just think of like how much balance that you need and strength coming from your leg comes directly from that big toe. I mean, you know, like I said, it sounds ridiculous. It's not. So that he had a toe injury and they're running this kid. That's when I thought, and I, I've been a big Andy Reid supporter and I still am, but though, you know, that, that to me was the first thing, like, what the hell is he doing running this guy? And I, I don't yeah. know if it was him or B enemy. I really don't know, but that was not, that was not proper to call that at that point in the game. Not at all. Not at all. By the way, I giggled because toe injury to Jack Lambert specifically was the funny thing yeah. to me. Uh, but I know. Yeah. But yeah, but it's, it's like I was saying about Brandon Staley getting hired by the Chargers earlier. Brandon Staley may end up being the greatest coach who's ever lived. I don't know. But he had Aaron Donald and he had Jalen Ramsey. Before that, he had Vaughn Miller. So I don't know. Andy Reid, if you recall, before he won a Super Bowl with the great Patrick Mahomes, we would always talk about his horrific clock management ad nauseum. We, we couldn't stop talking about it. But then you get a player like Patrick Mahomes who's, who's a cheat code, and you win a Super Bowl, yeah. and it's like, okay, well, yeah, Andy Reid got close all these other times, so I guess he's like the uh, uh, most awesome coach ever. But here he is just at a quarter and a half not having Patrick Mahomes, and like you said, may have may have precipitated it, right, whether it's him or Eric Bieniemy with the, with the worst play call ever. And then at the end, just, just gets bailed out. I'm just like, what are we watching? And so I think I just the lesson in all that is, whether it's Reed or Staley or all these guys, it's like, uh, if you've got the greatest players in the game, do we really know you're all that awesome? Or did we forget about all your flaws from before? Well, that was a quick reminder yesterday. Worked out. Worked out. Yeah. Chad, any magic? Yeah. Can I? Yeah. Can I throw something in? Because I know we're running out of time here. And you know, let's let's say Mahomes can't play. It, you know, I like the Bills, whether Mahomes in or whether he's out. But let me just refresh everybody's memory. Andy Reid has had tremendous success with backup quarterbacks. I mean, guys like Coy Detmer, uh, Jay Feely. Uh, you know, just go, you know, uh, Jeff Garcia was actually a pretty good backup, but when those guys come in, you know, he has had a lot of success. So if Mahomes is out and he's working all week with Chad, Henney, you know, a, a capable veteran and with a ton of offensive weapons, don't sell them out too quick. Okay. I like that disclaimer. I like that disclaimer. Do you want to stay for the first five minutes? Cause I have to do a whole Kevin Stefanski. Thing. Sure. All right. Sure. Let's do, yeah. Cause, okay. Because yeah. Kevin Stefanski, this was not his finest day either. Uh, we should probably uh, close on the Browns. We'll do that. Five more minutes with Chrissy and then Adams. Oh, there we go. Again, music not approved by either me or Chrissy. There it is. All right. Guessing lines with Chris Andrews, the old, uh, the old uh, Stardust font from back in the day. All right, so the Browns didn't have Jedrick Wills uh, early from early in this game. He left with an ankle injury on the first offensive play, the rookie. Uh, and then his backup, Kendall Lamb, left with an elbow injury, forcing Blake Hans to make his second NFL appearance. So the Browns were playing with a uh, third-string left tackle who had barely played and still made a game of this after the, after, after the Patrick Mahomes injury, but they weren't helped by Coach Kevin Stefanski, Chrissy. Uh, he went for one down 19-9 to nine, um, with over nine minutes left in the third quarter yeah. to make it 19-10. to 10. That was the first thing I was like, uh, yeah. what are we doing? Didn't challenge, yeah. didn't challenge a, a Demarcus Robinson first down catch from Mahomes on the subsequent drive early third quarter with Casey up 19-10. to 10. Could have... 
might have gotten reversed. It was for a first down. That drive led to a field goal for the Chiefs and a 22-10 lead. Then 22-17, first and 10 at the KC 25. Chad Henney's in now. Chad Henney hits Tyreek for 23 yards right in front of Stefanski, and he challenges it. And it was clearly a catch. That blew the Browns' first time out. They had to use a second timeout later when they got too close to the end of the play clock. After uh, That was after Henny threw a pick in the end zone. Remember, Henny's one bad pass was the pick into the end zone. So Cleveland wasted their second timeout on the subsequent drive as the play clock went down to zero. 5-17 left. That's why they only ended up having one timeout to spare late. By the way, four plays later with one timeout left, that's when at his own 32, fourth and nine with 423 left down, 22 to 17, Stefanski decides to punt. So, I mean, not not exactly his finest day either, I would say. Well, you know, once again, I, I hate to get into that, you know, every coach is an idiot. And, you know, that's all over Twitter, you know, virtually every Saturday and Sunday. You know, I, I hate to get into that. To, to take the other side of it, you know, here was a team that was greatly outmatched. They had, you know, a, a horrible play at the end of the first half that clearly could have changed the nature of the game. And he hung his team in there. I mean, they only lost by five. You know, so if we want to go through and dissect every little thing that he did wrong, yeah, he, he did make some things wrong. He did a lot of good things, too. And I think I think the Browns, you know, and they, listen, they're in Pittsburgh's division and, you know, I as a Steeler fan, I'm gonna have to face these guys a couple times here. I think they got the right guy in place. You know, and we, like I said, we can nitpick, and uh, and you're not wrong in one thing you said, that particularly the not going for two. I didn't understand that one at all. Uh, but overall, he he did a good job for the year, and even even yesterday, he kept them in the ball game until the very end. I mean, if Henny doesn't make that fourth down pass, like we just said in the last segment. Yeah, you know they're down five. They got it, and getting the ball back with two, with you know a couple minutes to play or whatever it was. Um, yeah, they had a chance to pull that game up. So yeah, he made some egregious errors, but overall, I think this guy's done a hell of a job this year. And I hate to knock him for maybe one game or a couple questionable things. Uh, you know, went a couple decisions that he made that I would disagree. I definitely would disagree with, but I, I would you know, overall, I would agree I, with I give him a, plus. a phenomenal season for him. And that's why I couch it as saying not his finest day. That's why also we highlighted Sean McDermott and how awesome he was last week, right? We do both sides of this, how present he was late in that game, using his timeouts, how he, basically saved his team or tried twice to save his team uh, with timeouts and was successful. I would argue with the second one against the Colts. So, and and I think the reason that uh, you end up doing that is because we're all betting on this and there are so few coaches ultimately uh, that have the presence of mind. I mean, was it Belichick McDermott? And I don't know who else, but, but Stefanski certainly a fine year. I understand your, your broad reaching point in the end. Uh, I like Green Bay a whole bunch, and I don't know about Buffalo and Kansas City till I know who's playing quarterback. How about you? I like Green Bay a whole bunch, and I like Buffalo. I don't care who's playing quarterback. I think oh, right wow. now, you know, Kansas City has you know danced around these close games for a couple months now, and at some point, I think it's going to bite them in the ass, and I think it's going to be this coming Sunday. I think Buffalo goes in there and beats them. It's a numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Uh, Gil Alexander, Chris Andrews, uh, NFL. I appreciate it as always on Mondays with Guessing Lines. Chrissy, can't thank you enough. 
At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 